0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the Donate button. Thank you for your generosity. We hope you enjoy the Book of Esther podcast series. podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Proclaim My Word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. I'm Linda Scharnhorst here with Carrie Allen from Proclaim My Word and Annie Porter, production manager at The Quest. We thank you for the privilege that you've given us by participating in this study. We will be concluding this study with a very inspiring lesson five entitled Created to Make a Difference. The quote from St. Catherine of Siena, a doctor of the church, Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire, is an appropriate summary of not only this lesson, but the entire book of Esther. The tables have definitely turned in dramatic fashion. We will see that the proud have been brought low. We will learn of the Jewish celebration of Purim that is still celebrated today that commemorates God's faithfulness to Esther and her people. But all that would not have been possible if Esther encouraged by her uncle Mordecai, had not accepted the assignment ordained by God. And the best news is that we, like Esther, were created for a time such as this. Let's recite our opening prayer found in your Be Who God Created workbook. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart so my personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, will grow ever deeper. I pray for the wisdom and courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so that others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for all the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, the title of our lesson today is Created to Make a Difference. So Carrie, can you tell us what we learned in our last podcast about finding favor with God in the book of Esther? Sure.
1: In our last podcast, we learned Esther and Mordecai both found favor from God as they were faithful in trusting him. And in turn, God answered their prayers and the prayers of all the Jews in Susa. We also learned that to find favor with God, we must love him and others, keep his commandments, be submissive, be righteous, be humble, be honest, be generous, seek wisdom, and above all, seek God. Yep. I would venture to say that if we are truly seeking God above all else, the rest of those attributes will surely follow. Esther and Mordecai also found favor with God because they never expressed any hatred or revenge for Haman, their enemy. They didn't try to get even with him for the harm he was planning on doing to them and to the other Jews in the area. Their only concern was for the welfare Of God's people and not revenge. Mm -hmm. God wants us to trust him so we don't live in fear, but rather he wants us to live in hope and faith, trusting that he will not abandon us, nor will he forget us. Isaiah 49, 15 to 16 says, I will never forget you. See, upon the palms of my hands I have written your name. I will never forget you. See upon the palms of my hands, I have written your name. And he wants us to remember that while we are waiting for him to answer our prayers, that his timing is always perfect. As we saw in our last podcast, Linda, when Haman was hanged for trying to manipulate the king into destroying the Jews. How ironic. Haman had fallen from favor with the king and was killed on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai.
0: (laughs) I know that's uh, quite ironic. So, Carrie, Mm -hmm. I guess what you're saying is we aren't supposed to go for the jugular (laughs) of our enemies, as they say. I guess in in Haman's case, go for the gallows or the stake. (laughs) Then what is our calling as Christians specifically?
1: Well, first of all, we're called to be merciful Mm -hmm. and not to seek revenge on our enemies, But that being said, if it's a matter of saving lives, once all measures have been taken to create peace with no success, our last resort should be physically eliminating those who try to do harm to us or to others. We are allowed to defend ourselves and our nation. Mordecai and Esther did just that. They
0: defended Israel. Exactly. So, Carrie, there are listeners, I believe, out there who are saying that they're glad it worked out for Esther and Mordecai. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. in their lives, and maybe even the larger society that they see around them, it appears that evil is winning, even though they are prayerful like Esther and Mordecai. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them?
1: Well, what I would say is that many times it's so difficult to see God working in our lives. And we just want him to send us an email or a
0: text <laughs> saying, do not fear. I'm right here with you. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. Text and data yeah. rates apply. T- right, right, right. <laughs> we'll right. take that message though from just heaven. Trust just trust me. Got it. And God's, uh, of course, not
1: li- most likely not going to send you an email or a text, <laughs> but he did leave us something even better. He left us his word mm. to help bring us comfort, and to constantly remind us that he has not abandoned us. He knows what we are going through. He has our back. This is where our faith comes in. It's easy to have faith and trust in God when everything's going our way. The challenge comes when life gets tough. Mm. The challenge is keeping a heavenly perspective of what is going on in our lives, in our world right now. Listen to Isaiah 55, 8 that says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. In the book of Esther, we hear about many lavish banquets taking place, but you know what? They don't compare to the heavenly banquet God has prepared for each one of us. God has a perfect plan for each one of us. That doesn't mean there won't be challenges and difficult times. But he wants us to trust him and his plan because that's what will get us to our permanent home in heaven.
0: And Carrie, when you said that, what struck me, too, is he gave us his word. -hmm. And that is such a beautiful gift that we have Mm -hmm. that can always... Um, seek refuge in it and that's also one of the chief reasons that's good for us to stay continually in the word right absolutely and avoid those I call them like the yo-yos and trust right. that right. we all go through to help maintain a consistent level of trust in the Lord right. and avoid those you know kind yeah. of tumultuous mm-hmm. ups and downs mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. to be constantly reminded of stories like this one where God demonstrated that he is worthy of our trust and the conclusion of the book of Esther will help us do just that good yeah. So now going on to lesson five, the irony continues as the king removed his signet ring from Haman and he gave it to Mordecai, thereby promoting Mordecai to second in command, which was Haman's position. Mordecai also ended up in charge of Haman's property and his whole estate, which was pretty significant. hmm. Now that Haman was out of the way, Esther had one more request from the king because the root of the problem still had not been resolved and the lives of many Jews were still at stake. Even though Haman was dead, the effect of his wickedness lived on. He didn't just destroy himself. He also destroyed his family as well as others. His sin was about to outlive him there was a ripple effect to Haman's revenge and vindictiveness. This should give us pause to think about ways we may have affected others through our wrong thinking, through our words or our actions, that may have caused others to sin. And I think this is an important point, because our sins can outlive us and can, unfortunately, be passed on to our family, our friends, and even to people we don't know. We want to make sure that before we leave this earth, we have led people on the right path to the truth and ultimately to their heavenly
0: home. That's so true, Carrie. I have always remembered something you told me a long time ago. You mentioned uh, when we meet Jesus at the end of our lives. What was it that you told me back in the day?
1: <laughs> well, what I said was that I have a theory that when we go before Jesus, he will welcome us home and then he will look behind us and say, who did you bring with you? Hmm who did you bring with you? This is why reaching out to people to tell them about the Quest Radio or this Bible study podcast is so important to help give them an eternal perspective. And we want to bring as many people with us as possible.
0: That's a perfect example of a way to look at our lives in the here and now with truly an eternal perspective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It can help us give us the courage to step up and follow the promptings of the Lord as we go about our lives. That's right. it can help us reflect on our relationships to see where we've fallen and need to clean things up. And it simply helps us open up the aperture of our lives to see things from a heavenly viewpoint. Absolutely. And in our story here, we see Haman certainly did not do that, did he? (laughs) No, he certainly didn't. In fact, in Haman, we see the fatal
1: flaw of his Mm. Haman didn't have time to correct his anger and his hatred before he died, and most likely he never would have. But for you and me, Linda, we still have a chance to make a difference Mm. by correcting any hurt, any held resentment, or any lack of forgiveness that might be left in us. Unless the sin is eliminated and the error of the sin communicated to those who were affected, The consequences of sin can outlive us. So what do I do when I'm not sure if I'm seeing myself as God sees me? I pray Psalm 139, 23 to 24 in the Good News Translation Bible that says, Examine me, O God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. Find out if there is any evil in me and guide me in the everlasting way.
0: Carrie, would you repeat that? I think that one's so important. Sure.
1: Examine me, O God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. Find out if there is any evil in me and guide me in the everlasting way. We want to make sure that whatever we leave behind, that it has a loving and positive effect on others. I believe that the only thing you can take with you when you die is the love and the charity you left behind.
0: And unfortunately, I think we often spend time focused on the world (laughs) and not the word. Absolutely. One thing that helped me many years ago, and you think this is obvious, but for me, it was a great reminder that even at funerals, it's not only meant to be a time for, to pray for the deceased, mm-hmm. for their soul mm-hmm. and their family and all the people hurting, but it's a great time to look at our own lives and do a course correction. That's right. Isn't That's it? Right. Yep, That's right.
1: Like Esther in this story, we also have a grave responsibility to help save our families, our nation and our world from the destruction of sin. In fact, our number one responsibility is to help the people we love and even those we don't love mm-hmm. or or even those we don't even know, we have a responsibility to help get them to heaven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I believe saving someone from sin can be even more serious than saving someone from physical death, because sin separates us from God, and it can lead to eternal consequences if we don't repent and confess the sin. We forget that eternity
0: is forever. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important point there, Carrie, that eternity is right, forever. forever.
1: As... And that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, long time. <laughs> a lot longer than we can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But thank God we have a loving and forgiving God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins and help us get back on track to our permanent home in heaven. You see, no matter what we have done, we can always be forgiven by repenting and confessing so you can receive his grace and be healed. While we are still on earth, our God is a God of many chances. Just like Esther, we need to speak up with love and concern against sin as we are able to and as we are called to. Luke 17 3 says, if your brother sins, rebuke him and then forgive him.
0: That scripture there, if your brother sins, rebuke him and then forgive him. It just reminds me that scripture um, that uh, you know, basically that scripture reminds me that love speaks the truth. That's right. That's right. Love speaks the right. truth. Yeah.
1: And as I said earlier, when you stand up, when you take a stand and speak up, even when you do it with love, when you see someone about to make a serious mistake, you may lose that friend or family member, mm-hmm. but you may also be helping them get back on the right track and you may never know it. Mm -hmm. Haman's family clearly did not do that. In fact, Haman's evil decree ended up outliving him because the decree the king signed and sealed could not be revoked. Esther was well aware of what was about to happen if she didn't once again find the courage to speak up and ask the king for one more favor. She may not have known it, but she was engaged in spiritual warfare. Tearfully, Esther went to the king and begged him to revoke Haman's decree to eliminate the Jews in all of the 127 provinces. But that was a problem for the king, because once sealed with the royal signet ring, the decree could not be revoked. The king couldn't directly grant Esther's request, but in his wisdom, he came up with another solution. He gave Esther and Mordecai the authority to send out another decree with his seal authorizing all of the Jews to gather together and defend themselves and their families. So in other words, he gave them permission to kill, destroy, and wipe out any nation or province that attacked them. The Jews were also allowed to seize whatever possessions their enemies had. In chapter E from the Greek version of the book of Esther that mentions God's presence, we find a copy of the letter from the king to all the governors of the provinces. So the good news was that the second decree written in the king's name and issued by all the scribes was irrevocable. In other words, all the governors had to comply with the second decree from the king. So the Jews were now able to defend and protect themselves and their families against their enemies. The decree stated that on the same day that Haman had originally planned to destroy the Jews, they were in turn allowed to kill anyone that attacked them in the king's letter to the governors he mentioned how some people are not capable or worthy of being great as they make great plans to harm people and even try to deceive those who have been generous towards them here without mentioning the name the king is referring to haman so the king goes on to say that these people will not escape god's judgment because he is an all-seeing god further in the letter he reveals that it was haman who tried to manipulate him by weaving webs of deceit to accomplish his own agenda in an attempt to rid the provinces of all the jews but instead god who is the ruler of all and the god of reversals turned that day from a day of destruction to a day of joy for his people A copy of that letter was sent to every province so the Jews could prepare to attack.
0: So Carrie, at this point, we see that uh, Mordecai, who had literally been wailing in the streets not too long ago in our story, worried about what was the impending doom. But he's experienced a traumatic or dramatic, I should say, uh, turnaround, hasn't he? That's right. Uh, Now, Mordecai is dressed
1: in royal attire Mm -hmm. as he went into the city of Susa, with shouts of joy and in every province and city where the king's order had already been delivered, there was a lot of celebrating and feasting going on. <laughs> so much so that it's been said that many of the pagan Gentiles of the land now embraced Judaism. Hmm. Some may have just embraced it out of fear, but others sincerely embraced Judaism as the official religion most likely they believed that god was with the jews as they saw evidence of his power in protecting them they realized that the jews did indeed worship the one true god and once again we are reminded of what joseph said in genesis 50:20 even though you meant harm to me god meant it for good to achieve his plan mm. So now the Jews were authorized to organize and be ready to defend themselves against their attackers. But they weren't supposed to attack. They were only to defend themselves if they were attacked. It was considered an absolute victory for the Jews. They not only killed hundreds of men, but they also killed Haman's ten sons that lived in the capital of Susa. Haman's sons were killed as they may have wanted to avenge their father's death as well as try to recover his property and his wealthy estate it was not unusual to wipe out the enemy's family to keep others from plotting against the king or the jews
0: even though they were allowed to confiscate the property of their enemies the Jews didn't. So Carrie, you mentioned before that they were to just defend themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we see them avoiding any, even any plundering, even though the decree permitted it for them. That's an important distinction, right?
1: Right. It is because their
0: objective
1: was to defend themselves, not to get rich. Mm-hmm. And once again, Esther had yet another request to make of the king. She asked that Haman's sons who had already been killed, be hanged on the gallows that Haman built for Mordecai. So the king agreed, and he sent out a decree that Haman's sons were to be hanged in the city of Susa for
0: everyone to see. Carrie, just on that, just think for a moment what that image was of seeing the ten sons hanged, what, 75 feet high? Oh, right. It had to be a
1: horror, horrific image and-, um, and a reminder to everyone. Mm -hmm. what sin does.
0: Uh, Yeah. So yeah, sorry to interrupt, but go ahead.
1: So meanwhile, the Jews in other provinces defended themselves on the 13th day of the month of Adar. On the next day, the 14th day, they rested and made it a day of feasting and celebrating. The Jews in Susa defended themselves on the 13th and the 14th of the month, and then they rested on the 15th of the month. They made it a day of rejoicing and celebrating by sending food to one another and giving gifts to the poor. The king also ordered them to celebrate every year on the 14th and the 15th of the month of Adar, to commemorate a time in their history when their god turned their sorrow into joy, when they were allowed to protect themselves by defeating their enemies. So the king instituted the Feast of Purim, this Feast of Purim was a two-day annual celebration, which is still celebrated today, either in February or March. And it's to commemorate a victory over their enemies. But even more importantly, as a reminder of God's faithfulness to his people. So even today on the Feast of Purim, the entire book of Esther is read out loud. And during the celebration, noisemakers are used And people cheer when Mordecai's name is mentioned and they boo and hiss at the mention of Haman's name. Mm -hmm. This time of celebration was also a time to express their gratitude to God for the many ways he had blessed them and saved them. This feast day was also intended to remind them and to us that even in our darkest moments, When things seem hopeless, he is right there with us. And in one moment, he can change everything.
0: Exactly, Carrie. You just saying that just reminded me of a story that I think speaks to how God in his providence can intervene and turn a situation around, like Uh you said, in an instant a friend of mine was serving in the Vietnam war. So this is many years ago. And he was part of a sort of special forces unit. And this is kind of the picture that I want everyone to understand. He was out in the jungle. It was happened to be Christmas Eve, nice, starry, beautiful night. And he was in the middle of the jungle, basically by himself. He had gone out and done some work ahead of time. And he was done his special assignment Mm -hmm. that he'd been given to do. And he needed to wait and see if someone was going to be able to come and pick him up and rescue him uh, this situation i can imagine he was very scared and it was a lonely time Mm. and um just I, i can only imagine being out in the middle of the jungle by yourself must have been at least a little disconcerting but you know the military trained you to be ready to accept these assignments so all of his senses were on high alert and his only goal was to make it through the night when all of a sudden he hears the very muted sound of a plane. And first thing you do when you're in that situation, you listen to hear and discern if it's good news or bad news that you're hearing a plane. Oh, is, it, I imagine so. yeah, is it enemy or friendly? And within minutes, he heard someone quietly calling his name, which was like absolute music to his ears. The plane not only picked him up brought him to safety, but get this, to the Officers Club in Tokyo with hors (laughs) d'oeuvres. From the dark, scary jungle to a hot shower and the banquet at the Officers Club. Can you believe that?
1: Wow, what a terrifying experience that must have been for him. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet your friend was so thankful and so grateful for that unexpected reversal. Absolutely. So my question is... How often do you thank God for saving you, for blessing you, and for loving you? Mm -hmm. You see, gratitude can lead to joy by focusing on what you have instead of what you don't have. The Feast of Purim, although it began as a civil holiday, but since it was also meant to glorify God and to show their gratitude for their salvation, it became a religious holiday. And although God's involvement was never mentioned, it's obvious that Mm -hmm. he was present and active behind the scenes throughout the whole book of Esther. Absolutely. In the beginning of the book of Esther, things may have seemed hopeless for the Jews as they were threatened with extinction. But God chose two faith-filled people, Esther and Mordecai, to help save his children. Linda, like we learned during this study... The enemy within was defeated through the power of prayer and fasting, not only by Esther and Mordecai, but also by the entire Jewish population. Through their faithful prayers, Esther and Mordecai found favor with God, and he answered their prayers by exposing and eliminating their enemy. Esther and Mordecai were created to make a difference and help God's children survive. As Mordecai said to Esther, you were created for such a time as this. Esther loved God, and she desired to do his will, even if it cost her her life. As Romans 8.28 says, He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You and I and all of our listeners have been created to make a difference. It's not by chance that you're here at this exact time in history. Just as Esther was created for such a time as this, so too are we. That realization in and of itself is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. You may be called to make a difference in a small way, or you may be called to make a difference in a great way
0: but either way, you have an assignment from God. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree, Carrie. Um, So uh, Carrie, that is comforting and and scary news kind of all at the same time about this assignment. Right. How can we look at this notion of assignment in a way that helps us get through the anxious feelings or concerns and really get to action on our assignment?
1: Okay. I think a great place to start is with the question, first of all, do you know what your assignment is? Do you Mm. know what your assignment from God is. And if you're not sure, ask him, and he will let you know. If you truly want to do his will, he will reveal it to you. The book of Esther isn't just a book about how we should respond in a time of crisis, as Esther and Mordecai did. Rather, it's a story that demonstrates to us how we, as God's children, are to be the men and women that he created for such a time as this. Many times we feel helpless and powerless, most especially when things seem beyond our control. This is when God wants our complete trust in him, no matter what we hear or what we see. He wants us to know that he is in control and that with him all things are possible. We're reminded in John 16, what Jesus said to his disciples. In the world,
0: you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Says so John 16, Say that again, Carrie, for our listeners. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage.
1: I have conquered the world. What impossible situation are you facing right now in your personal life, at work, or in your family, a serious illness, a broken relationship, the death of a loved one, children on the wrong path, overwhelming debt? Will you give those fears and worries to Jesus Christ and ask him to replace your fears and worries with courage and hope? and trust that he will. You may already know that your victory is in and through Jesus Christ. He wants you to believe and act with faith, even when things seem hopeless and out of control. But sometimes we forget, don't we? We have to keep reminding ourselves that with God, all things are possible. Things are not hopeless Because just as God was in control of the situation with the Jews in Persia many years ago, God is still in control of our world today. Even though God's name was never mentioned, he was right there with them working through Esther and Mordecai to accomplish his will and defeat their enemy. Even though you may not be able to sense his presence with you right now, just trust and know that he is there look to him for your comfort and your strength, and you will find it. And never forget that God always wins.
0: Carrie, that one is worth repeating. God always wins. And that means that we are on the winning side. So that's
1: good news. Absolutely. We know who the victor is. Mm -hmm. Remember, he's the God of reversals. He can change situations and events in a second, Like he did with your friend, taking him from the jungle in Vietnam to the officer's club in Japan. That's why we can't judge things by the way they appear
0: or what we hear. That's so true, Carrie. That part there, a priest who has since passed on, who was my regular confessor for a very long time, gave me great advice when I would confess that I had been judgmental in a situation, you know, judgmental thoughts or whatever. And he said, he would like cut me off. (laughs) He said, when you judge, you're wrong. And I was like, okay. And he wasn't suggesting that, you know, we're not rational beings or we don't have brains to kind of look Mm -hmm. at the world around us and Mm -hmm. make decisions, but that it's probably very unlikely that we have all the relevant facts when we try to assess the motivations or intricacies of a given situation. Certainly we cannot assume that we have the same, let's use situational awareness that as God and God we know sees into our hearts. And he looks towards eternity far better than we can ever imagine. That's right. That's right.
1: And what he wants from you and me is to live with faith, not fear. He wants us to know that whatever he does, his purpose is to help save us, to bless us, and ultimately to advance his kingdom. So God has given each one of us an assignment. He created you and me to make a difference in our homes, in our church, and even the world. The question, Linda, is, will you accept your assignment, whatever it will cost you? So I asked the listener today, mm. will you accept your assignment, whatever it may cost you? Remember what Esther said when she fearfully agreed to go to the king to ask for his help to save her people, she said, If I perish, I perish. God has placed you right here where you are today so you can help fulfill your part in his perfect plan. Praying and fasting are not only powerful ways to find favor with God, but they are also powerful weapons to help defeat your enemies. Also, his enemies. Mm, Yes. And remember to trust God in all things and keep praising him because the victory is in the praise.
0: Yeah, Carrie. So, if we remember nothing else from the study, (laughs) remember that the victory is in the praise. That's right. Keep (laughs) praising him no matter what. Amen. So, it's hard to believe, Carrie, but. We've actually arrived at our last Proclaim My Word Unplugged of this series. Can you believe it? It's gone so fast. It has. And goodness. <laughs> we have a moment or two before um, for questions. So I'm going to try to hopefully get the sense of what the listeners would want me to ask. And mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you. But, um, Carrie, will you speak to those listening who might be thinking that they missed their assignment? It's like one and done. And will you speak to that to help them understand that maybe it's not as um
1: not final, is not as is final. final
0: exactly. But, right.
1: Not to worry, it's not one and done. Mm-hmm. As I said before, our God is a God of many chances and many assignments. And and just because you may have missed one doesn't mean he doesn't have another one for you. Mm-hmm. So I would say just be open to his will. Trust that he will give you the grace to do whatever assignment he gives you and let him bless you. Let him bless you and let, let him know that you are willing to do whatever he asks you to do Mm. and just ask him for the courage.
0: That's, that's really great. And two other things came to mind on that. So I think one is we need to surround ourselves by Mordecai's. Oh, right,
1: right. We need people to encourage us Mm -hmm. just like he encouraged Esther. And uh, your assignment might be as an encourager.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, that is that is true. It's it truly is a gift when you're around someone who is Absolutely. an encourager. Encourager, you really, um, you you could go in. I've I've been where I've been on a, a call or something and kind of uh, you know a little bit low, uh-huh. and then someone comes on and they just have that encouraging spirit. Right. It's amazing how right. you can tell yourself change, you know, feel yourself change in right. that moment. Right. And when someone encourages you, it
1: gives you courage and it mm. gives you the strength to do even more than you thought you were capable of doing.
0: I love that. Never thought encouraged to get courage. Encourage. Oh, mm. that is beautiful. Yeah. The other thing too, that is exciting. Just listening to this is that uh, when you said, you know, we have to, we say, yes, Lord, we'll do the assignment, but we often immediately think of what is our limitation, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Uh, like maybe a certain assignment requires 10 attributes or experience or capabilities in our mind. You know, we look at it very worldly and we have eight <laughs> and we focus on the two we don't have. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. And right. we do do that. But the thing that just hit me with this is just like when we read the Bible to see stories that encourage us and give us hope. It's also important. Look back at those eight that you have because God ordained those for right. you. Right. So you can look back sometimes in your life and you think, I never would be prepared for this. But when you look back, you're like, actually he did prepare me by that, 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 that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why uh, many times our difficult situations turn out to be blessings. Mm. Because they have prepared us for something in the future that we could not have been aware
0: of. Uh-huh. Or we would have been too scared if of- <laughs> we would have been yeah, too scared to
1: to do it. You know, I have a lot of people tell me, I just want to know God's will. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the thing. A lot of people want to know his will, but they want to pick and choose. <laughs> Me? <laughs> they want to see if if that's really what they want to do. And I think if you're willing to do God's will, no matter what it is, he will reveal it to you. Mm-hmm. But just wanting to know it isn't enough. Yep. You have to be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And that's his...
0: why sometimes, too, when we go to the Lord in prayer and we say, repeat that same thing. I just want to do your will. I just want to do your will. And you become so focused, like, what is it? What right, is it? Right, right, right. That, but he always looks at the heart first. That's right. So when I pray
1: to know his will, I always add and give me the courage and the strength to do it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. The courage and the strength. Yeah. Because if it really, if we're out making world, you know, difference here, created mm-hmm. to make a difference. Mm-hmm. It isn't just lots of times it, it can be in the mundane things, but oftentimes when he's really calling you up, it is something that is going to naturally make us a little bit uh, fearful or not fearful. Cause I would say when it's from God, you anxious, a little anxious. anxious yeah. Cause it's, you just don't feel like you are prepared. Like, right, or could I right. really be doing this? <laughs> right. Well, um,
1: Nowhere does it say in the Bible, I don't think that uh, things are going to be easy for you. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I missed
0: that scripture. If it yeah, was in I missed there. that one too, <laughs> uh,
1: because it may not be easy, but um, he still wants our complete submission to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm.
0: So Carrie, I'm going to ask another thing, because I think one thing you said was the image of the suns being up 75 feet. With all oh right, all Susa to see right um I mean, we also know too, I guess, uh you know, we always think in Holy Week, you know what it must look like with the crosses, you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. A- around Jerusalem mm-hmm. at that time, but that sight would have really just been something people would uh, terrifying. terrifying, never forget
1: right, right, what's interesting about that when you just said that was um when when Christ was lifted up on the cross that gave us the opportunity to see the effects of our sin. Oh wow. We saw our own sin when when uh Paman was hanging on the 75 foot gallows. Mm-hmm. His family saw the effects mm-hmm. of his sin. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they saw how it affected them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the Jewish people certainly saw what happens when you sin against God mm-hmm. and you refuse to repent and confess? Mm-hmm. Now, what Christ did was totally, completely redeeming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Haman did was
0: not mm-hmm. redeeming at all. The other thing that hits me when you say that is that his family would have seen it because he predeceased them. That's right. And the wife saying, build the gallows.
1: Right, right. Just, what a horrible thing for her to have to witness mm-hmm. what she had recommended that uh, her husband do.
0: And that, I guess is a good reminder for all of us to watch our words, watch our words and watch the advice we give to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. it says, watch who your counselors are. That's right. We don't want to have a counselor that is not right. you know thinking this
1: and know who your enemies are.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Keep them close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pray for them. Um, one uh, other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, you mentioned about Esther going through spiritual warfare. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think all of us have some degree of, of awareness of it, but sometimes when we're in it, it's a little hard to see, right? Yeah, you know, right. we know it more theoretically and luckily Esther had Mordecai to kind of help her through that. Any right. thoughts that you have on just spiritual warfare? And yeah,
1: I think really the majority of problems that we are going through today is truly spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm you know we're supposed to bring as many people to heaven with us as possible and satan's goal is just the opposite <laughs> to bring as many people as possible to hell mm-hmm. um he um delights in bringing people with him mm-hmm. and i believe we live with spiritual warfare every day especially if you're you're close to the lord if you're trying to do his will and his work um that's when you might experience more spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. I had a friend once tell me that um uh, he's never bothered by spiritual warfare that Satan never bothers him, and you know my first thought was. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling you don't bother him. (laughs) I have a feeling you don't bother him. Because if if you're experiencing spiritual warfare, you're probably doing something good for the Lord. Mm. And that's where prayer comes in. That's where saying the name of Jesus comes in. That's where praising God comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, He's given us everything we need to fight the battle Mm -hmm. that we can't see but that we can feel.
0: And that's why it's so important, too, is to have that sort of muscle of going to confession regularly, absolutely. going to mass, praying regularly, because it is it is easy to miss that spiritual warfare because spiritual warfare can turn up in just issues, you know, with relationships or, you know, oh, just
1: absolutely misunderstandings. Division.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divisions, it's misunderstanding. Someone right, said right. something and didn't even mean it, but it's right. like came right. to you as a different way and right. all of those things. So you can sort of slide into it, but that's why it's important to have that regimen right. of, you know, keeping your armor on. Right. You well, know,
1: knowing what to do when you're feeling your spirit is being attacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to him. Yeah. Go to him.
0: Yeah. Go closer. Don't go away. Because right, <laughs> right, that's right. One of the things I remember you told me one time, and I always remember this uh, for those who might be doing some type of consecration mm-hmm. that when you, we're moving closer to the Lord in that way by taking that time and sort of taking it away from the world, that time of consecration or preparation, mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. ready, get ready. That's right. Get ready. Cause you're going Put on your armor. <laughs> exactly. Put on your armor. Okay. So speaking of armor, let's talk about the King a second, because okay. we mentioned him. He's obviously, I think in most of the podcasts that we've done, his name right. has come up a full name or reference to him. Right. Uh, but this is interesting because he can look a little um little top- scary. Yeah, look a little scary. <laughs> scary, topsy-turvy too in the fact that he seems to have all these counselors but obviously if he had a man he wasn't didn't have the best but he has a soft spot for Esther but he hadn't seen her for a long time before that. So just talk a little bit about what we can learn from the king. Well,
1: I think the king is an interesting character mm-hmm. in this story. Um he is appears to be pretty formidable mm-hmm. because of all of his uh, gold array that he has on him. And, mm-hmm. and he's on this huge throne, so he can look pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think he has a real softness, uh, not only for Esther, but also for the Jewish people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I th- And also in the Greek version, if you remember, he mentions God. Mm-hmm in the Hebrew version, there's no mention of God. Mm-hmm. So even though he is the king of a, per, a, per, a pagan Persian nation, mm-hmm. he must have some awareness that there is a God, yep. uh, the true God of, of Israel. Mm-hmm. So, um, And also who knows, but maybe God prepared his heart to, yep. to receive Esther and to receive and help his his people. Mm-hmm. So God is always, preparing us and preparing others who we encounter Mm -hmm. he's always preparing us for something so um we have to ask ourselves what is he preparing us for today right now Mm -hmm. how is he trying to build us up And strengthen us Mm -hmm. through prayer, through fasting, Mm -hmm. through the sacraments.
0: If he puts the stars in the sky, sets them there just perfectly, and we see so much where the planet's turning at a certain time and this and that, then that's the other thing. He's helping bring those people. If you have an assignment and you have the willing heart, he's going to bring not only in you the different requirements or whatever you feel you need, but the different people. That's right. That you need. That you need to fulfill that. That's right. And so That's that's something that really, if we worry about, we're not prepared we really don't have to worry because there's no way we could go and prepare people. We didn't even know we're going to come into the path, right? But you have to allow him to prepare you. Exactly. So we work on our, you know, selves, we keep our eye on that and let the Lord take care of the things that are really in his,
1: right. And I think that's the purpose of the prophets too, is to always be preparing the people by Mm -hmm. telling them this is what's going to happen. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to repent. Mm -hmm. You need to confess. You Mm -hmm. need to change your ways. Mm
0: -hmm. That's one thing too. Um, for uh, doing the examine of conscience at night, mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. at the day. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. sometimes we get so focused on the past or in the future. We don't right. kind of sit there and say, how did we just do recently? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lord, how do you think I did today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> we normally feel when something isn't right, you know? Right. And right. then it, I think sometimes even at the end of the day and something's, you know, troubling me, about just interaction or something like that, I just say, Lord, help me to sleep and to wake up knowing what I need to do right to make right. this situation better and right. that is one place that we can kind of stay on the playing field of life right there and not drift right you right. know
1: and I also like to say in the morning, Lord, help me to uh, give you all the glory and the honor today yeah and help me not to leave any grace on the table. <laughs> I like that. I want to use all the grace you have for me.
0: (laughs) I like that. Don't leave any grace on the table. Okay. So another one I want to talk about, because we talked about it a a little bit, but I think especially as we conclude this series, God is a God of reversals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how do we see, how do we keep ourselves attuned to seeing the small reversals that lead to the big reversal?
1: Well, I think that's an interesting question. I think you have to, uh, sometimes we don't look for the small things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we wait for the huge Mm -hmm. signs. Uh, I I think also um, in those huge moments or small moments, we need to look for the little miracles of Mm -hmm. the day Mm -hmm. in order to see God's reversals. Mm -hmm. I think there are miracles, many miracles that happen around us every day that we're not even
0: aware of. I agree. I agree. Totally not aware. Mm-hmm. I think of people who are praying maybe for a family member uh-huh. or a child maybe uh-huh. is away from the faith and they work so hard on making all the prayers and everything, uh, but they're looking for that end game.
1: Right. But you know, God says, don't look behind you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, mm-hmm. you know, give me your prayer. Yeah. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Don't look back and see if I've done it.
0: Yeah. Just mm-hmm. keep
1: going forward. Mm-hmm. Don't look back.
0: And when we look back, that's what we miss it. That's because right. it's it, you know, really, I think there is something to be said that we see here in this story is that Esther and Mordecai really stayed in the present. They focused on what came to them at the time it came to them. That's right. That's right. Uh, like We don't hear, and, and maybe this is part of the story we don't know, but I think it's a good reminder still. We don't hear Mordecai saying to Esther, um, I need you to come and, uh, and get ready to be the queen because this is going to happen. This could happen and we could use you in that position. Right,
1: right, right, right. No, he just uh, went forward with um, staying focused on his assignment. Exactly. Because he knew by her being
0: in that position, it would be the best for
1: the Jewish people. Mm-hmm.
0: He didn't so, know all the details. No. And then also too, when Haman wanted people bowing to him and giving him the adoration that was alone for God, right? he stayed doing what he did, which is give adoration alone to God.
1: Right. And both Mordecai and Esther let God take
0: care of the details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. God takes care of the details. That's exactly right. Because when we get into those details, I think sometimes what we do is we get into analyzing and we're forgetting about God. We're getting back into controlling a situation.
1: Right. right. And that
0: we know is always. (laughs) Right. That's tough for us to give
1: up control. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. really difficult for us to remember that he is in control of whatever situation we are going through, Mm -hmm. most especially when
0: we think he has abandoned us. Mm. But that's where you mentioned before, too, when we talked about the Psalms. Yeah to pick a couple of those Psalms.
1: Right. And keep uh, repeating them to yourselves and remind yourselves. He has you right in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has you. When I think of that, I have this image of, you know, um, King Kong. I'm mm-hmm. sure many people have seen King Kong. Love King Kong. <laughs> and he's at the top of the Empire State Building and uh-huh. he's got Fay Wray yeah, in his palm of his hand and mm-hmm. she's beating on his hand to let go. Yeah, Well, yes. I have that image of God he oh, won't wow. let go of us because if he let go of us if king kong let go of fey ray uh-huh. she'd fall and be killed wow so he won't let go of us or, yep. or it would be our demise and mm-hmm. he he holds on to us until he can get us back to heaven mm.
0: I love that. That's such a great. <laughs> it's such a. I, I'm never going to look at the Empire State film <laughs> the same. I'm never going to look. <laughs> and I love or to, King Kong. Uh, King Kong. Because the fingers. It's like it's so futile when she's trying to. to yeah, let it, me go. Let me go. It's it, like a lot of times we might say that too. God, let me go. Let me go. But He's not going. To. We try, just like she did, to kind of, even though we know it's right. fruitless. Right. We try because we are just he, some... loves,
1: he loves us too much to let us go
0: yeah yeah, and that's the one thing i will say on the king the contrast of the king it's like we see the throne you know and he has looks powerful but the other thing too about him being so um, tender exactly so tender, tender and loving in the moment yeah. that she needs him right right in the moment that she needs him and god prepared him and her mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just, so uh, just like he's
1: preparing us right now and those who are around us hmm
0: That's so great. So, Carrie, for those who have gotten something out of this podcast, I know I have. (laughs) And so, if they would like to uh, support the efforts of Proclaim My Word, do you want to tell them how they can do that? Yes, you can go to Mm
1: proclaimmyword.org. That's proclaimmyword.org. And if you would like to um, leave a donation, we would be grateful. Our purpose is to get the word out there to as many people as possible.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Carrie, will you lead us in the closing prayer in lesson five in your Be Who God Created Workbook? Certainly.
1: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving us and delivering us from all evil. I know you have created me to make a difference in the world and I desire to fulfill your will. I pray for the courage and the wisdom to serve you and those you send to me. I know that no matter what your will is, you will never abandon me and will always be there defending me from my enemies. Thank you for saving me and those I love. You are a just and holy God. There is no one like you. Lord, I am grateful to be called your child. May I always please you, honor you, and give you glory. Forever, I am yours and you are mine. Jesus, I belong to you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Carrie, I can definitely say that going through this uh, podcast discussion and doing the uh, workbook work, it's amazing how you can go through it. And even just in the middle of the conversation, God keeps on opening up new things Mm -hmm. and it truly Mm -hmm. speaks to the beauty of his word. And what a gift it is. So, Carrie, I want to thank you personally for leading us through the book of Esther. And a special thanks to our listeners for sharing this journey with us. Mm -hmm. Please feel free to share this Bible study podcast with anyone else who you think might benefit. It's a powerful way to proclaim his word. And please let us know if you'd like to hear more about more Bible study podcasts, or maybe you have a preference of another book of the Bible to cover. Send an email to info at proclaimmyword.org. We'd also love to hear any feedback that you have about this study. And I will turn to Carrie for her final thoughts. Well,
1: I just want to say, remember, God is always working behind the scenes for you. He has chosen you to be here right now for such a time as this, and he will not abandon you. And the best way to find favor with God is to trust him. Pick up your assignment from him so you can make a difference. Until next time be who God created you to be. Thank you, Carrie.